You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Don't look don't look up, right? We're talking about this Netflix release movie. I cannot believe Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and her big comeback is doing a Netflix movie. Are we back to the prestigious Netflix? We'll figure it out. We're talking about Don't Look Up. Eric, how the hell are you doing? Before we get into this, everyone, you need to know, today is Jordan's birthday. We are doing this on his birthday. He's nice enough to celebrate it, not just with me, but with everyone here. Happy birthday, Jordan. Don't All look right, up. Buddy. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. 35 years old. That's gross. That's January that's, 12th. That's disgusting. Mm. I do actually have a celebrity that I share my birthday with. Oh? Yeah, Rob Zombie. Oh, I thought you said celebrity, though. I mean, the guy... It, I, mean, the, I, mean, like, the guy I get it, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a silly, silly joke. I uh, share mine with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum? I actually am jealous of that one. I, I would have rathered have shared my birthday with Jeff Goldblum. I'm sexy, sexy Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park with a shirt off. I'm sure there are other celebrities that we both share birthdays with, but... For for now, I like that's the one that I know at the top of my head because sure. when I was looking it up, I guess he was the only relevant right celebrity at the time. It's it's, uh, it's crazy. It's crazy because I'm 35 years old. We've been starting. Uh, we what? This is our seventh season, seventh year of Movie Guys Podcast, which means that uh, we started this in my late 20s, and been here a, we are. It's been a while. It's been I some know. time. So I'm excited to talk about Don't Look Up, um, a director that I'm very lukewarm with. And a director that I never thought would have the career that he does. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not trying to spoil my review too soon. Um, he's kind of just keeping the same beats, Adam McKay is. He's, he's not really expanding his horizon. And I'm going to explain this for a second, if you don't mind, for one second. No, no, well, let's talk about Adam McKay. Everyone, uh, Adam McKay is the writer-director of this movie. Uh, he has a uh, pretty good history of the Oscars. He's done, uh, what, Vice, The Big Short, were his, his big ones, right, in the, the, the most recent years of Oscars. But he's known for being more of a funny man director, a lot of the SNL, or uh, um, the Will Ferrell stuff, right, Anchorman. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did he do? Uh, other Guys, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of in, in that uh, Talladega, Talladega yeah. Nights, Ricky Bobby. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's switching into this more um, satirical uh, kind of movie. Yeah, he's been in the group. So, please, go ahead. Now we're copping a little bit of Adam McKay. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about, because my wife, uh, we, were, we were talking about the movie, we were eating supper last night, and she goes, I didn't really like it, she said. And I go, I just don't think you like satires. She's like, okay, so what exactly is a satire? So I went into the top 10 satires, whatever, according to whatever page on Google. She's like, yeah, I don't really like satires. So then last night, uh, before I watched the documentary, I wanted to rewatch Anchorman. It was mm-hmm. on TV. And I'm like, this guy, Adam McKay, I never thought of Anchorman as a satire, but it kind of is. And then you look at Talladega, and it's like, that kind of is a satire. And like this, all this guy makes is satires. The difference between Anchorman and Talladega is you had a director that um, had fun, had fun with his cast, and now you have a director that got bit by the Oscar bug, and now he has to put big-name Hollywood actors in his movies. Really, it's just Anchorman and Talladega. It's just bigger cast now. That's that's my lukewarm opinion of Adam McKay. Well, I, I think... The theme, the overall topic has has changed because it went from being 
more tongue-in-cheek, more of this stereotypical playfulness, exaggerations, you know, of the the Talladega fan worships and the people that support it and that are in it. The the obviously the sponsors and the the drivers themselves and how ridiculous they can be. We had a lot of slogans, a lot of punchlines from that movie that are still used today. And you have a lot of big name actors in those movies as well too. It has probably just since I don't know if Adam maybe just found a certain book that made him switch over this was one of those movies that he did in order to do the movies that you want type of thing. Mm -hmm. But we're in this part where uh, this type of satire is hitting really close to home. It's not, it's not as, as uh, fun, you know, with this, this cartoony veil over it. It's more of this very serious tone. Like these last few ones have been about real things rather than it being about a, a play off of something. One was about what the the financial crisis, uh, the the housing market shortage. The other one was about the vice president and how uh, his actions kind of helped secure him and his businesses and other, you know, well his whole thing. And then this one is basically about uh, what climate change and how we have data and science that say that says this is the route that we're headed. And well, we, everyone's just kind of uh, playing the fiddle as as. Rome Burns, right? Or right. Greece. Right, and I also... Athens, Jesus. <laughs> well, I also really like how people on the internet are like, this is clearly about COVID, and it's like, this was made before COVID. Um, but I can see where they get it. Like, what is it? In the middle of the movie, when they uh, when they bring the evidence to the president, the president's like, well, it's midterms in six months. You know, death of the world's not probably a good thing to run on. So it's like, ha! Yeah, no. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not a fan. Uh, I like his older work. Uh, my favorite film of his that he's made recently has been Big Short. Other than that, um, not a fan of Vice at all. And and, and this one, this one uh, took me two days to watch. because it, It's a longer movie. He tends to go towards the new play of over two hours. Some of these directors like to have a story to tell, and so they often make, like, these four-hour cuts, and then they... In the editing room floor, they just trim it down to under two and a half for no for no reason. Okay, so we got we get let's 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 talk about our stars. We get Leonardo DiCaprio, who is the head of. I mean, what is this? He's just like it's it's not NASA that he's in charge of. What is the actual thing? Because I was finding that hard to follow. He is. They're, they're astronomers. Uh, astronomers. They yeah. There's whatever university or industry that they that they work for. They are oh, Michigan State, right? Astronomy. Uh, they work for yeah Michigan State. They're probably just working on whatever they do and. And they you know. find this pet. Well, Jennifer Lawrence comes in with horrible banks. I also love it. How I said in the beginning of the movie when she discovers the comet, I was like, she kind of looks like a girl from the dragon tattoo. And then somebody in the movie later makes fun of her for looking like dragon the tattoo, which I found funny. Um, but she finds this straight line of this comet and was like to the untrained eye, you'd be like, ah, shooting star, if you will. But no, no, I mean, this, this is real. This comet is bigger than the size of the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. And it's going to hit Earth in six months until they figure it out. We're going to Armageddon this. They tried to. Yeah. And then nobody believes them. 
Uh, we get Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence going to see the president played by Meryl Streep. You know, this kind of reminds me of Mars Attacks, and not just because it has to do with space, but because of the castless and the people that we have playing these characters. Meryl Streep as the president. Funny. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, yeah I, I, would, I could see that. There's other movies that have done it like this, too. I think, did Iron Sky have a female president? I, I, I don't know. Uh, that's the movie, one of my favorites that I bring up often about where the Nazis uh, did not die off. They simply moved to the dark side of the moon. And then uh, the UFO spottings are actually were actually Nazis coming to Earth. And this movie is when uh, Hitler, who's still alive, uh, they attack uh, Earth again. I don't know. Uh, Jonah Hill is funny, uh, as always. Um, he plays Meryl Streep's son. And also he is... Is press secretary? Is he press secretary? Yeah, he's he has some sort of uh, a chief of staff. Chief of staff. So I gotta say something that probably about Leo. I hmm. Leo at the start of his career, we kind of see his career grow because of our age, right? Mm -hmm. And I liked him at his very beginning. You know, Titanic was kind of his peak for me. Well, are you going to ignore, like, Basketball Diaries, Romeo and Juliet, dude? Well, Gilbert was, Grape? Like, these are... Gilbert Grape, Basketball Diaries. Um, yes, I'm saying Titanic was his peak, because after that, we got, like, Men of the Iron Mask, The Beach, you know, those kind of movies. So, I liked... I that mean, era. keep in mind that he, there are still big movies coming up for him. He still has Roosevelt, Captain Planet, Akira. Right. Okay, so fine. I just find out this how this rip off the band-aid. I like Leo. If he's in a movie, I will be interested to see what he has to do. But I'm tr but it's hard sometimes because I'm starting to find him to be a little annoying. And the reason why is because he's played one character that I can never ever forgive anymore because it's just so well. And every time I see Leo, I always think of the character, especially when he has the same beard and stuff. I always think of him as uh, uh, Senior Candy from Django Unchained. That's my favorite role of his. <laughs> <laughs> and the he, reason why the yeah. reason I watched it recently a few weeks ago, I mean, he can't do anything else after that. I mean, people would say Wolf of Wall Street, but that was just Leo being Leo on a typical Wednesday night. You know, I think that's actually a, a pretty – it's a very good compliment to give an actor when you can pin a movie to say like that's that's what it that's where it happened for me. For me, it was to be honest with uh, Leo because I've liked a lot of his movies. It was Catch Me If You Can. Ah, that's a very good one. That's when he was starting to get good again. Yeah, I, I mean, but that was a, just a kind of a home run. Tom Hanks and was that Spielberg, right? Spielberg, yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean everything about. That movie, I think, was just fantastic. I've seen it too many times to, to even count. Uh, he was fantastic in that. And, yeah, he should have got that Oscar way before The, the Revenant. But Yeah, he yeah, did deserve for The Revenant. I, I feel like this is a movie that he really wanted to do because with every award or anything that he has done in the public, it seems that he you have always used his platform for environmentalism. Mm -hmm. Always, whenever it's been like a what Golden Globe, uh, which really been the only times that he's kind of won anything, right? Mm -hmm. He's used that platform to talk uh, at length to uh, all the way to the music about environmentalism and to be aware and use the platform. So 
this movie was right up his alley. I think he voiced over a few films too. I know he did a like a space movie where he voiced over, but he's done like a lot of environmental ones too. I, well, at least one or two. Actor, jeez, he's he's got a lot of movies coming. He's always doing Devil in the White City too. Okay, I mean, like I said, every movie he's gonna do, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least check out. Uh, but this could it's be just a miniseries, it, man. This guy's working. I just, I just, I just always loved his uh, his portrayal uh, portrayal of C or C whatever candy. I just love that. Oh but, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, this is where he can shine a bit more because he's a character. That's the range, you know, is that he can play characters as well as a serious uh, role, dramatic role as well too. Whether it be in this, or maybe even uh, Rick Dalton in, in Once, Upon Time, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, I love him in that. Yeah. I, but clearly, there's a Tarantino love here for me. Um, before we continue on talking about everything in this movie, I want to talk about another actress, uh, well, another actor now, actress, whatever you want to call him, uh, Jennifer Lawrence. I kind of have a love affair with Jennifer Lawrence. I, I really started to dig her in Hunger Games. I originally hated those movies when they came out, but after years, I rewatch them, and they're not so bad. And Silver Linings Playbook kind of won me over, and I have been a big fan of a lot of her work. You know, we reviewed Passengers, and I raved about that movie. Still do. So um, it's good to see her back. People have said this is her comeback, and I don't know why it's her comeback. She was just out of the spotlight for a year because she had, she had a she baby. wanted a baby. So why is that a comeback? I don't know. A comeback is like John Travolta with Tarantino in 94. It's like it, That's it's, a comeback. It's a clickbait. I mean, they're, they're, I don't know why it's some sort of big deal, but her resurgence as a mother now is uh, supposed to, I That's don't know. a comeback, I guess. Oh, oh God, she's, oh, oh she's back. I, I don't get it, but I thought don't, she was Don't feel the, don't fan the flames there. Don't. I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm good. It's in the morning. If this was, if this was later in the evening and I've had about 24 beers of me, different story. Uh-huh. So, so <laughs> this is why we record in the morning, this folks. Is, be thankful. Thankful. So, uh, really like her in this. So again, I mean, we got a cast list that we are praising. That's kind of why I wanted to talk about it before we talk about the whole movie, because this should be really good and I should be really into it. We got the guy who's directed Anchorman and Talladega, two of my fun Will Ferrell movies. They're not good. They're like guilty pleasures. You got, you got a great cast list. Let's go. And you get two and a half hours of nothingness nothingness. And I'm just going to tell you right off the bat, before I pressed play, and I wish she was here to confirm it with you, Eric, but I looked at my wife before I pressed play on Netflix, and I said, I know the ending. And she goes, do you already read about it? Nope. I just know Adam McKay, and I know how this is going to end. So I want to see what he can do in two and a half hours, because I know exactly how this is going to go. And I wasn't wrong. Well, the, the exact way I knew it was going to end. Yeah, and I, I, I dare say that maybe it is a, is a human moment there. You're because the whole tone of the movie is uh, is obviously these scientists kind of blowing the horn a bit to say, hey, there's this meteor coming to Earth in six months. We got we got to rally together to to try to do something here, and no one really seems to be doing a, a whole lot, or it becomes kind of like this this media event right and no one really takes it too seriously everyone's just kind of going about their day as if it's just another thing that will pass and it's not a big deal like oh don't worry about it they're just stuck in their in their selfish element right 
taking the blue pill, if you will. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it as, as well, too. And there comes to a, a, a point, like when you're watching, because obviously you watch movies and you're you're hope, hoping for the, the good ending, you know, and happily ever after, you're rooting for these scientists that maybe, oh, we can, as a human element, come together and, and conquer this. But then there comes a part in the movie, it's maybe around halfway, where you're thinking to yourself, man, you know what, I actually wouldn't mind if the media would come and just wipe this whole thing out. Oh, I know. I'm kind of rooting for the for the asteroid at this at this point, for, well, for the apocalypse. So, chain of events that kind of go on, because it's a long movie, but chain of events is Michigan State University, these astronomers, find out that there's a comet, not an asteroid, a comet, they keep on saying that, coming to Earth bigger than the one that killed the dinosaurs in six months. They go immediately to the president, which was what you would do. President shoes it off. How many times, Meryl Streep says, how many times do you think we get a doomsday thing every day or blah, 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 blah. Shoe it off, don't care, right? Right. So after that event, they decide to go leak it to the press. And the press kind of make a joke out of it. And then Leonardo DiCaprio starts to have a side chick. And I, 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 did, I did I fall asleep? Was she part of the White House? No. Uh, her, Cape uh, Blanchett, looking that, that stunning. That was Cape Blanchett. That was Cape Blanchett with, with that, that roll of teeth and everything. Uh, wow. Yeah, she was obviously a showstopper in, in this one. Her and Tyler Perry are the hosts to whatever uh, to whatever morning show or hot TV show that there that there was you know the the it conversation hour with uh, Kate and uh, Tyler Perry and they would originally Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Jeff Lawrence uh, let's see Dr. Randall and Kate here we are going on just to do like the little science thing. It, they made a whole funny thing about it because they were following this underarching story of Ariana Grande and Kid Cudi and their relationship as a as a celebrity couple, which is pretty funny. But that that gets more attention than theirs. Like that's that's kind of the joke in that too is that they are constantly being under in, in the shadow of these two pop stars. The entire right. time. Well, they're just like, hey, the the planet is about to be destroyed. We're all about to die. But everyone's still focused on if DJ Cello is going to get with back with Riley or whatever their names are. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I'm laughing and, and, and my wife's not laughing because I get the satire about it. And my wife's like, I don't I don't understand. And I was like, Gina. This is exactly currently how the world is right now. Mm-hmm. Not to be bleak, but it's like, oh my God, hundreds of thousands of people are in the hospital with COVID. Hey, hey, hey! But look what Ariana Grande's doing. Hey, Miley Cyrus had a had a had a boob slip at the. <laughs> Pete Davidson is doing this again. Yeah. Right. This is exactly how it would go. That's what's yeah. kind of funny about it is because it's sad. It's funny, sad. Yeah. It's it's just. What else can you do but laugh? Right. Like, one of the things I wish this movie would have did um, at towards the end, uh, when the inevitable happens, is I wish they would have had scenes, like, I, maybe maybe I'm kind of dark in my thinking, but I wish it happened during the holidays. It's a dark movie, so. 
Well, I just kind of wish it happened during the holidays because I want to see this thing coming to Earth and people are waiting in line for the new iPhone and not even caring. I want to see people Black Friday shopping, <laughs> why this thing hits it. Because it's like, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's what I kind of wish because I would have really found that funny. So anyway, so after so 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 the release things to the press. Um, Leader Caprio is on faith with her husband because uh, he well he's married and they have a couple of kids. By the way, I like how the youngest, who was a teenager, looks just like Leonardo Caprio with the beard. Love it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was CG or they just found a lookalike, but that was perfect. Some lookalike. There was a moment on the couch when uh, when uh, Leo's character was first on TV and the whole fa their family was on the couch watching it, and they had the lead-in story of Ariana Grande uh, doing the thing, and it released a new song. It, it cracked me up because they were commenting about it on their phone, like as a viewer on the couch. And one of the kids was just like, oh, man, one of the songs just downloaded it on my phone just now. I didn't even, I didn't even ask for it. It just did. And it's like, that <laughs> just cracked me up. Because, yeah, that happened. That Remember the U2? That's what I was going to bring up. That's, but uh, wasn't that an accident or was it actual marketing thing? That 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 you everybody uh, everybody before Eric goes on. What we're talking about is years ago, probably six, maybe more years, definitely younger than ten. Uh, if you had iTunes or an iPhone or anything iProduct, if you will, um, you woke up one day and the entire brand new YouTube album was downloaded to your device, and nobody had any idea about it. Yep. So for anybody who doesn't remember that. So was that marketing or was that a screw up? It it doesn't matter now, right? All right. Well, I'm just curious. Like, do you I, oh, I, I don't. Oh, I, I don't remember. And it's okay. probably a conspiracy. Either way, you think about it now. Okay. I just didn't know if you knew anything because I've always still to this day want to know why that album was on my phone. Um, still never listened to that album. I can tell you that. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely not. So after those chain of events, we get your Elon Musk, your Bill Gates, your Steve Jobs, if you will. Uh, character played by who is this actor? It's uh, Mark uh, Rylance. Plays I don't Pete, know him. Peter Ish Isherwell or something like that is is uh, the character's name. Uh, he's been in. He kind of plays that same character. This the kind of meek, soft-spoken type type guy. He he's just been a character for for a while. He played the BFG. In, in I would not know. I, Steven I not Spielberg thing of Mr. He was a uh, uh, Ready Player One. He played uh, uh, Halliday in Ready Player One. I don't remember that either. We reviewed it. I don't remember it. Uh, well, there you go. Okay. Anyway, so we get this character who has the president's ear, and they're going to get Ron Perlman to do a suicide. I don't know why, but maybe I missed something. But Ron Perlman, looking really old is doing a suicide mission. He's going to get on a spaceship rocket, yep. and he's going to, to launch Armageddon-style, being surrounded by nukes, don't know why, cool visual, though, to pretty much Armageddon this, right? He's going to hit the comet, yep. suicide mission, destroy it. Uh, the, the whole plan why they chose him is because they needed a hero, and it, it just... It just a makes racist, it... sexist hero. Oh, it's from a different generation. That's a different time back then. I love how they say that because I hear that in my day-to-day -day life. You know, I'm not going to yeah. say anything. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. Don't worry. As you shouldn't. But, 
No, but and, you know, bet, you know, my grandfather's ninety-five years old, and my and when my grandfather says stuff that he shouldn't say, but in his mind he doesn't realize it. I'm like, hey, hey, dude, shouldn't be saying that. And mom would always say, oh, he's from a different time. Different time. And it's like, what? <laughs> okay. So I always find that funny. But all of a sudden, the 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 spaceship rocket uh, turns around in mid-flight, and all the nukes have parachutes, and it's because Elon Musk, I'm just going to call him Elon Musk, says to the president, hey, we just discovered that there are valuable minerals on this thing that are worth billions. And of course, of course they're going to think about that. I don't know if it was Leonardo DiCaprio or Jennifer Lawrence who said it doesn't matter if the world's over with about the billions. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, anybody with the brain would say that. Uh, destroy the comment, but... Yeah, I think that's... Uh, that was... Uh, when, that was when that was happening, because it was like a little bit over like the halfway mark of the movie, I, I thought it's like, no, something else is going to happen. And then, yeah, the uh, they did the abort, and uh, it kind of just kind of hurt to watch, because, cause it, it, again, you're thinking to your, you let yourself be fooled. Right. I'm thinking to myself, okay, well, yeah, they're going to get rid of the comet. Finally, the human spirit perseveres. We came together. We got it done. But then this happened, and you laugh because you're thinking, yeah, I, I'm, that's believable. That is that is a thing that is believable, that somebody would abort you know, a multi-billion dollar uh, mission in the middle of its... <laughs> just to to have another plan to mine the comet. Oh, and then, and then, and then, and then who is, is that? Okay. Let's just say in a make up believe world that they actually mine this comet, they become successful and then the inevitable doesn't happen. So does America automatically claim this, this, this material? Is this, uh, does this go to Fort Knox? If you will. I mean, like what's, what's, what's the point? Yeah. Or does Elon Musk get it all? I, I do feel like they glossed a little bit over, the global politics a bit more. I know that they made mention that some other countries were trying to do their own thing and some were failing and others were, well, whatever, there was some conflict there and there. But it feels like it was just, again, I don't know if it was intentional for the movie to make it seem like America was the only player. Yeah. Do you remember in the original, I think it was Iron Man 2 in the beginning, in the courthouse scene, where... um whoever's against Tony Stark shows Gary Shandling. Yeah. Gary Shandling shows all these videos of other countries making Iron Man and yeah. then Tony Stark shows them how this guy's in a machine and it completely twists his body around and it's just all disastrous. That was hammer products. That was Sam Rockwell, I think. Right. I wish they would have done that in this movie to, yeah. you, to, to a certain degree. Like, okay, here comes North Korea. That would be funny. Yeah. Here comes North Korea with their space mission and then just explodes. You know, like just stuff like that. Again, I am I am giving this movie more than what it's giving me. I think that's kind of spoiling my review. So, chain of events go is again is that Elon Musk is going to create a space station, a spaceship, where the elite people will be able to escape and not be destroyed by this comet. We have given up. We're going. We found this other planet. We're going to get on it and go alien covenant style. Because, yep. Right? Yeah. Like, that's basically... I, I, what else is going on here is the 
is the is the the social part, right? Where um, that we're not talking about is is Jennifer Lawrence's character Kate, who was this predominant kind of this science student at Michigan State, who had a relationship with the the guy from the point of Kate, Jennifer Lawrence's character, as I was talking about, and Leonardo DiCaprio's character. Personally, what they're going through at this time too, because she's was dating that guy from yesterday, uh, Philip, uh, who was in that movie, and he works for like some sort of gawker type magazine, a gossip columnist, right? And right. during this whole time, he seemed to be supportive. That he was like, oh my god, the planet is going to be demolished, everyone's going to die, and then he eventually caves in and submits to the clickbait, selling out, saying that I was in a relationship with the crazy girl who made a embarrassing move on TV to kind of wig out the entire time, too, before them, Leo and, and Jennifer Lawrence, going on to the TV, they were told that they need to be media-ready, that they, you have to kind of make a make a, a certain, right? Uh, you have to present it a certain way. Keep it, I don't know, I guess kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. Right. Like, like when, get to it. That, and, yeah. Wasn't that not to, not to get... I, I'm not getting political, but in current events here, I, I found that very funny because the news just came out uh, a few days ago of this recording that the head of the CDC needs to have media training. And I just find it when I watched that part of the movie, I was giggling out loud. I'm like, because that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. That's, that's kind of a more of a jab at, at the society, right? That we need to, right. in order for us to take news, it needs to be presented in kindergarten terms, right? Right, or you need to look a certain way, present yourself a certain way. I love it, and I, and I and I also love uh, the reason why I love that part so much. And actually, I rewound it twice because it's just like, what? Because <laughs> it's so true. Uh, we say, as well, just Americans, we say that we want real and raw and the real world and road rules. Remember that back yeah. in the day? Oh yeah. But we. But we don't. We want we want pretty people with pretty people problems. We want Kardashians. We don't want uh, small town America wondering if they're going to get wintergreen dip or mint. Well, it's you know they don't care. Ignorance is bliss, and everyone wants to be happy. Right. I just I just found that funny to me. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. As that's happening, and she Kate's character flips out. Dr. Randall keeps it cool, and he ends up becoming this this media. I, I want to compare it to Fauci, I guess, but maybe it's just because it's relatable terms as of now, right? right. I, I don't think this wasn't planned to be uh, related to COVID as such, but it, it, still here we are. It's, it's relatable in the days that we live in. And because of this, in his media training, he get some celebrity status. He, for some reason or another, is able to turn on Kate Blanchett with his morbid fact-telling reality and is able right. to yeah, uh, have an affair against, have a little bit of fun in his last days, which is another thing, too, is that I don't know what that's a comment on, is that the scientist is maybe blinded by the light. You know, he sees the fame and the... The, the attention that that come with all this and he goes on to the spotlights and the daily shows and the the promos to to do all this stuff and it's it's just becoming more of the hype the event you know of well he 
he is playing to the 99.9% of the American population. He really is. I'm not trying to get serious here, really. But, I mean, like, we all think, you know, that we are good, wholesome people, just like he, I mean, he didn't do anything wrong at the time. You know, he was, just, he was your geeky scientist that spoke in, you know, nerd terms, if you want to say that. And, you know, he has his family, he has everything that you can want, you know. And then all of a sudden, a little bit of cake comes his way, and he wants his cake and eat it, too. You know, and then he falls yeah. in love with a woman who has what three masters? She said, or bachelor degrees, or yeah, it was hilarious. Very accomplished. It, just, uh, I, it helped yeah. too because in the beginning it showed him stumbling over the point. He couldn't spit it out. Just and that was very frustrating to watch as a viewer right. in in any form when you know Are the you answer. About the bad scene? I, I'm talking about oh, the first presidential meet, where okay. or any or even on the first televised broadcast, it, it's just you can just say quite simply, we found that there's a comet coming to Earth, going to collide on this day. We have the facts to back it up, but there's such preamble to 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 what they're trying to to get across that it's it's difficult, it's frustrating. You just want to. I'm on the couch saying, spit it out. Right. It's, it's so, oh, and there are many moments like that where it was. This movie gave me anxiety. Ooh. I got sweaty palms See, just because this, of how of of those moments where, yeah, where, where you just are just like, God, come on. This, now, see to me, buddy. I mean, like, this movie didn't give me anxiety. This movie just made me kind of groan, grunt, and kind of smirk. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this movie. I would equate it to seeing um, an underground show of Patrick Swayze. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what I equate it to. It's like maybe a oh, vegan restaurant what? after Jordan. Right. It's just, you know, you sit there, you go, Oh, I know this stuff. <laughs> you know, like this is cool. And then you start to doze off. The reason why I say that is because since you uh, compared Leo to Fauci, I never put two and two together, but now that you said that, I have a whole tyrant that I'm not going to do because that's true. I mean, I mean, you get you get this renowned scientist that that nobody knows anything about. All of a sudden, he gets a little bit of fame, and then he's everywhere, and now he gets media training, and he, he has an affair. I'm not saying about he has an affair, but I'm just saying like it's 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 funny because we are literally living this movie, and I'm trying to find out what is copying who. Is art imitating life, or is light imitating art at this point? Right, and I it happens so many different times in the movie. I don't mean to completely just say that this one character is a representation of one of another real life character. It's just like you said, probably an ensemble. Like that main guy, you know, he's like an Elon Bezos of of sorts. And right. uh, like I saw, uh, there was a moment of Michael Chit Michael Chiklis was in this with him and uh, some other guy is like, I want to say like a conservative kind of host. And though they weren't really saying anything too crazy, but like their demeanor was on the offense and they had another, they would constantly show these, these people in their stereotypical bubbles. Right. In, right. in the most Which... exaggerated ways on, on either side, whether it be J law screaming into the camera, uh, in respectfully overreacting, but this is like, you know, it's like, okay, you, you have to have patience for that. You know, you can't just come out and 
run into the the building and say we're all gonna die and then just run out you're gonna cause a panic right which is which is kind of the flaw of her character and i don't know if it's just the way her character is written or the way that she was directed but i was excited to see her quotes come back um i didn't i didn't think nothing of it she was she was very one note pretty much until the end i mean she there was no arc really with her and towards oh, much, I, much later. I oh okay, yeah, till much later. Yeah, I would say that hers came at, at the end because this showed a lot of I would say our, our current spectrum of the day we're living in. And I think that Leonardo uh, Leonardo or Leo, geez, I don't even know what to call him anymore. Uh, Doctor <laughs> Randall is plays kind of the sensible middle person the 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 viewer maybe that yeah we would get caught up in in the the lavish life for a little bit but we would come back and be like, well wait a minute why are we here it seemed like he was the more relatable character whereas everyone else seemed to be more a a crazy depiction of a ridiculous right or a crazy left it it, it on, on not even just political but on, on sociological parts Right. Because that's that's oh, yeah. where it is. Because you have business involved in this too, and then uh, there's the parts where um, they talked about how the comment. Remember, like Kate, who was already ostracized basically in everywhere that she had gone to, started to go back to her parents' house, and even her own parents were like, "You're not going to bring the politics into here because we believe that the that the comment is going to bring good paying jobs." And to have that element, that that subfolder down like ten different tiers. To get to that joke, it is something that's relatable. It is relatable because that's exactly what it would be. I mean, that's what I deal with, well, mostly on a daily basis in my own personal life. You know, it's mm-hmm. there is not one moment that goes on that a family gathering, like you go home because that's your home, that's your safe space. This is where you're going to be the most um, respected, I would argue. Sure. Most uh, understood, uh, cradled. If Just you heard, like having having a voice heard. Yeah, yeah. You feel safe. You know, you're gonna you're gonna snuggle on your safety blanket. But no, no politics are gonna come into play. Oh, I don't want that vaxxed person in my house to comment on recent events. You know what I mean? Like, so when you say that about your parents, it's true because that's again, I feel because I feel like I'm going on this this same same thing rant. I feel that this movie needs to be time capsuled. And 50 years, 100 years from now, somebody's like, what was life in 2020 to 22? This is it. Yeah. I, it shows, like, the the growing apathy that maybe that she has or or, or how the, her – she's becoming just more more of a, a, of a cynical person as this movie progresses uh, or more of a cynic person, whatever, and how – the opposite of her are just becoming more willfully ignorant that they're just right. like, Oh, don't worry. Everything's going to be okay. We didn't do any research on this at all. We just assume that it'll play out like the movies. Uh, everything will be okay. So I, I, it's, it's the hyper on, on a lot of different angles. And then there's the horrible kind of reality at the end of it where they've just accepted defeat and they've, found that the best way that they wanted to spend their time was with each other with in the company of each other which was kind of weird because i don't understand timothy chalamet's character i don't know if him and the rest of his crew are just uh some local group of nihilists that have just 
gone off grid and have you are just you like nonconformists, just abolitionists. I, I don't I don't know what they are. You know, like they're I just don't know. call me people. Call me crazy, but I don't know if I want to spend my last days just. Never mind. <laughs> With Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> I don't know. Like I mean, okay, so. I can't lie to you. I can't lie to the fans. Um, I'm, for lack of a better word, I'm checked out. Uh, from from this point until the very end, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm checked out. That's why I'm not giving much into the conversation. I felt my I found myself checking my cell phone more than watching this other part. It's it's too long. Uh, this is the kind of story that you tell in an hour and forty, maybe two hour tops. But it's 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 at this point my attention. His is, is now gone away, and right. I, I have not paid attention, to be honest with you. Then let me ask you a few questions, because we're getting towards the end here where the, the comet comes, destroys the world anyway, uh, despite the best attempts of uh, the, the, the elites who, you know, Apple, Facebook, Virgin, Mobile, thought they'd all get together, try to do the, the rocket thing again. They never tested it. There was no peer review. Uh, it fails. Doomsday is upon us. That's all hold and say grace. Uh, the end. And then, then, right. then there's the funny commentary at the end. But from this movie, compared to, let's say, a movie that you loved, I, I think I care a lot. Okay. Which, which was a dark comedy, yes. But the, the fine line between satire and dark comedy, right? Like, those, those are two neighboring people in a Venn diagram, right? right? Like, right. They're, they're right there. So what was it about that movie that you didn't get in this movie, both had relatable themes that are, are very relevant into today's world. Both had some uh, some good cast of characters. Uh, so, what what was it? Okay, I will be honest with you. I, I don't know the actress's name, so just forgive me. But when I saw her and Gone Girl, my wife and I saw that. I don't know if we reviewed that or not. And Gone I Girl. Looking, yeah, Gone Girl. I don't know if we reviewed it or. But anyway. Uh, I remember saying to my wife, this is an actress to be on the lookout for. I thoroughly enjoyed her, right? I see that we're going to be reviewing I Care A Lot, and I see who's in it, and I'm like, oh, I'm interested. Let's see what she can pull, right? And the reason why I really liked that movie, the, mo the one thing that this movie doesn't have is I was smitten by her. I was charmed by her. She was a horrible human being, and I couldn't look away. There was not one person in this movie that kept my interest like I care a lot did. How is she going to get out of this one? You know what I mean? Like, that's what it was. You're right. Excuse me. Yes, it is I care a lot and uh, uh, Rosamund Pike. Thank you. Okay, for an example, I will argue this because I just watched it recently because I own it. Okay? Really think about this. I'm sorry to bring it up, but it's kind of a point. Prove my point. Joker, okay? Mm -hmm. Is Joker, if you really think about it, is Joker really a good movie, meaning that it doesn't have a good story? Is it really a good movie? Or is Joaquin Phoenix just an actor that you cannot look away from because that makes the movie? I, I ask him. Well, I, I think the, the tone in that one is because it's dealing with the troubling part of mental health and how it's it is a problem and how there's no answer for it right but and that but, this but is yeah. this is a this is a result right of 
what happens when somebody with a disability, with mental unhealth, was left unchecked and left to roam free in society. That he went crazy, right. ended up killing a talk show host and sparking a weird revolutionary movement in Gotham. Allegedly. But Allegedly. my point is, my point is, is there one character in this movie? I know it's an ensemble compared to Joker, and I care a lot. But is there one character where you found yourself to be enamored in any way, positive, negative, that you could not look away? I, I say no. I see and what you mean. That's why I think. Yeah. C- correct. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. I, 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 sharing the spotlight between uh, Leo and Jennifer, are, it was difficult. Maybe if they had spent a little bit more on that angle suit that you're trying to get at on either one of them, it would have maybe played a bit better. Uh, better. But uh, it's a hard... Yeah, I, I, it's hard to do without cutting one out completely, right? Right. I'm just maybe, and this is good. We have seen her do ensemble pieces. She was an absolute gem, if that's a word I want to say for some reason, in Silver Linings Playbook. I'm wondering if she would have done this earlier in her career. Maybe I would have thought differently. But to answer your question, if this is a long, drawn out, I just didn't have an actor or an actress that I couldn't look away from. They didn't get my attention. Django Unchained, I could not look away from Leo's depiction of Candy. Can't look away. Sure. Everything he does. So this doesn't do that. You want to talk about the dinner table scene? I think that's the best scene of the whole movie. Oh, yeah, sure. The other hard part of what your point is would be that a lot of the actors didn't get enough of a solo story or camera line. There was a lot of split. That's the other part of when you have a lot of faces in a movie is camera time. Right. I, I believe there were a few celebrities that were in this movie that were cut out as well, too. I think Matthew Perry was in the trailer, and I was looking forward to seeing him, and he was never he never made the cut of the movie. Friends, Matthew Perry? Do you know any other Matthew Perrys? I just sometimes I get it confused, but, uh, I mean, yes, you cut him. I mean, his his, his time has passed. Um, Could I be anymore? Uh, go ahead. Oh, God. By the way, since you, brought, you, know, since you said that, Never mind. Anyway, let's move on. Um, <laughs> don't want to make it longer and unnecessary for no reason. I do want to talk about the dinner scene, though. And the reason why I do want to talk about it is I kind of find myself in the Titanic moment, meaning what do you do? You know, you see this thing coming at you, so to speak, your own death. Mm-hmm. Now, it's that it's that fight or flight scenario. And what I mean by the Titanic effect is do you – jump in the frozen water and try to survive or do you just close your eyes hug whoever you're with and just let it happen and that's something that's a very interesting theme is i think my personality is i was i would i would fight until i'm dead that's just my personality um animal I don't instinct know if I could do this what could, so my question that i wanted to ask you was could you have done this could you have sat down with your friends and family, have supper, earthquakes are happening, it's it's destroying, and you are ignoring it, and your house is crumbling, and you're talking nonsense. You're talking about tomorrow. I, there is no tomorrow. Yeah. I, I well, well, yeah, actually, I can see more of that, because I don't know what else I would do. You what, Jump? You know, I, I, <laughs> I don't know what else you could do to... 
to fight that dig try to get underneath the, the ground or something like that i i could see just getting with some family and at the very least i would i would probably knowing me i would be listening to music most certainly i would i would music. be go i would be going out with a playlist yeah i am okay. not going to go out quiet i i want to you know, maybe even I, w- I would if I had some headphones on or something. If I was, you know, depending if if I was by myself, heaven forbid, I wouldn't be, or whatever. I would probably just put on some ear canceling headphones and just listen to some music while while the death comes to take me. Okay. Uh, otherwise, I would hope that I would be with family. Okay, so now I hundred percent believe you because I know you well. Like that's what you would do. Me, tell me, tell me, tell me this. I, I could see myself getting the girls, getting in the car, and just 100 miles an hour trying to go somewhere. You could see me doing that. That's what I would have done. I wouldn't have sat around and made a turkey dinner. You know what I mean? Come on, girls. Let's get in the car. It's coming. Maybe we can go some, find someplace. It's stupid. It's stupid because, because the whole world is going to be destroyed. But if Jonah Hill can survive, so can Jordan. <laughs> yeah, that was a nice little uh, uh, after credit scene. I I thought a lot of the jokes that they did in this movie were were funny because there were so few. It right. seemed that in d- just the conversation with you, Jordan, the one thing that this movie I think did not have a lot of were a lot of that the 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 sugar to help it go down easier. This was a tough yeah, pill to was- swallow. Yeah. For, for what it was talking about. And it tried to throw in some, some jokes to code it a bit um, easier to, to make the serious tone not as serious. But I you, it's a tough call because if you add more jokes, you might take away from the message you're trying to get across, making it more like an idiocracy rather than, which we have not compared this movie at all to yet. Because it's not. It's not, and I will fight. You could see the similarities between the two, though. You know how much you hate the new Jurassic World universe? Uh-huh. Oh, yes. I wake, up, I wake hate, up every day and I curse that movie. It's the first thing that goes into my head. That hate is idiocracy to me. <laughs> really? Yeah, so I'm not going to get into it. Maybe one day as a special in the future, we can actually review that movie. Uh, what idiocracy? Did that movie a little too uh, close to home for you, Jordan? Is that why? No, it's 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 stupid. It's it's one of those movies, and I will I will just say my piece on this. And like I said, in the future we can probably review it, but I haven't seen it in quite some time. It's one of those movies where when I was in film school, everybody watched, and there were two movies that I just absolutely hate that people just like. Oh my god, the greatest idiocracy and Boondock Saints, and I've watched both of them, and I and I just don't get it. I don't get it. Idiocracy is it's it's stupid. It's not good. It's not good stupid. Talladega Nights and Anchorman is good stupid. So I'm getting a little heated here. <laughs> but, no, no, let, uh, keep it going. But, like th- these are those are satires though. So why, like, it's, it's, what it's, what is it? What's difficult? I think Anchorman and Talladega Nights. Hell, Big Short. I really love Big Short. But they're smart satires. They have some stupid stuff in it, but they're smart satires. Idiocracy, it's it's just stupid. I mean, who sits in a writer's room and says, all right, we're going to make this movie, and we're going to have commercials in the movie uh, about people getting hit in the nuts and everybody laughs? <laughs> it's just stupid. It's jackass. 
that's 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 what the comment is. I, right, I understand I that. Like. Yeah, I, but it feels like maybe those movies versus this movies were like in in those movies, you're you're maybe a a viewer watching a dumb movie. Where in Idiocracy, it feels like you're a viewer in the dumb movie. Yeah, I just because uh, Luke Wilson cast... is is you in in right. a world of idiots where you you have the separation when you watch a dumb movie like Anchorman. I'm not I'm not a Luke Wilson fan. I've only actually really liked him in old school. Um, I just I don't like the movie. I just no, don't like it. So. No home fries fans here. No, oh. no, no home fries. So that and Boondock Saints. I don't get Boondock Saints. Uh, I, I I don't get why people lose their minds over that. And I don't I just I just don't get it. So yeah, it's a cult anyway. classic is going to be a cult classic. Is the reason why Wing Commander is still relevant. <laughs> but I want to hear what your view is so eric what is your popcorn rating for don't look up awesome because mel streep got her face ripped off by a by a by a alien bird yes you could, you could ever remember what the what that name was because i don't baba no. baba duke baba duke no i don't <laughs> it was something crazy that was pretty funny uh which i thought was pretty ridiculous that there, you're telling me that he made a spaceship that was able to travel twenty some thousand light years or miles or whatever uh, distance away, and cryogenics were was actually successful. But you didn't have any weapons on there. You didn't have any like a laser or gun or any habitat necessary like on the ship. That seems a little weird. It's like no. Rich people wouldn't do that. First thing they're gonna do is load that thing up with weapons and bombs. I've seen movies before. We know every sci-fi movie. There's there's always the the BFG just stored away in 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 the emergency situation underneath the chair. In push the button. You did a five second countdown. Anyway, I, I you good. You good. I, it, there was ridiculous parts in this movie, and I don't think it it played to the same part of Vice or of the Big Short. I understand what it wanted to be. The movie gave me a lot of anxiety in the in that part of it, though. So I don't know where, what else I could say to improve a, upon it, other than maybe it was a little too aggressive in its its telling. But I I understood everything it was trying to do. The characters were funny, relatable, and sympathetic at the same part. It was as a movie hit close to home. I I I feel like it's a better movie than a medium bag. But at the same part, like, it's just, I'm going to forget about this movie. Right. Right. I feel like this is going to just be another Adam McKay movie, and we're just going to move on. I liked all the cameos. Did you see the Chris Evans cameo in here? No. Again, I was checked out. Uh, he played a movie director that was pretty concealed. And I, I Again, I, I enjoyed it, but I don't know. I, I don't want to give it a... A large because something it missed a mark and maybe to your tone Jordan maybe it needed a bit more comedy in there to show even more how ridiculous uh, the the whole situation is people well, waiting in the eye in the Apple line you know the yeah the, the, the people still uh, gawking at at the celebrity news and whatever else is happening for the day's events the morning of People still going to work, or however yeah, the, the 
if you serious, if you looked up and saw the comment, like the evidence right there too, which is the other part we didn't talk about. Obviously, the 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 campaign part that was added in and the deniers of that part too. But it, we don't need to. That's just more no, commentary we that we that's that's been repeated on a daily basis for the past however many years now. I agree. It's yeah. Um, it's 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 it's, it's a movie that's here. There's a lot of people in this movie, and it's going to be an ensemble. It's but it's it's not like it didn't hit like Knives Out did with an ensemble. It didn't hit like the other movies that he has done with an ensemble. It uh, yeah, it's a medium. Okay. I, I guess. Well, is it a medium? Because that's what I was going to ask you, was, and that's why I was trying to interrupt you, and I apologize. But I want you to kind of put yourself into this. Put yourself in this world to help you. Okay. You stroll into the multiplex, old school style, right? You're happy. It's like 90s neon. You get your ticket. You go to the concession stand, see the prices. You're definitely going to get yourself a large Icy or a Pepsi. But what is it, though? Do you want that large or do you want that medium for 50 cents less? Where where, where, where do you go? Exactly. Put yourself into that shoe right there. Where would you go? Do you want to spend 50 cents less? And get a medium, or do you want to spend fifty cents more and get that large? Yeah. Well, what, what do you, do you want? Well, what about you? No, I'm serious. I mean, because because I know you said medium, but I'm trying to help you here. I I, I don't. I just like I don't know because I feel like any one way that I go, I'm I'm missing something on the other. I think I can't yeah, win. Are you happy with the medium though? I mean, I mean, okay, okay, but if you if you oh if yeah, you go I, your I, medium, I, do you sit down and enjoy the medium, or do you want that large? You want some extra goodness. Well, I don't know because the whole movie left me; it was uneasy. Right. So I, I, I guess I'm still, I'm still trying to figure it out. I guess. Mm. Okay, fine. So last popcorn analogy. I don't know if this happens to you. It happens to me. Maybe our listeners. Maybe this will help you out. Because I'm really kind of hoping to pinpoint it here for you. If you get a large popcorn, right? The chances, if you're by yourself and you don't have anybody with you to share it with pre-COVID, the chances of you finishing that large bag. It's very so. You have two options: either walk down the stairs wherever you are in the uh, in the stadium seating, and you throw whatever crumbs are left from that large into the trash, or you take it home for later. The medium, you typically always finish the medium. Well, then, so yeah, I'll probably finish the medium because half the first half would have been out of enjoyment, and the second half would be out of stress eating. Right. Oh, that's what I'm trying to help you here. So you think it's a medium, totally. I, if I if I want to give explanation to that medium bag, I guess that'd be the best way to do it. Is that a lot of it? Yeah, was was stress eating, and so that would probably be. But I wouldn't finish a large. I would not finish a large bag on this. I, I would feel sick at the end of it. Perfect. See, my analogies sometimes work. Yes. Good job. You're welcome. You're welcome. I hope everybody else enjoyed that. Small for me. Small. I I I I, I am not a. Not a fan. I do actually enjoy the commentary. Um, I do understand what people say this is about COVID and our real world. I get it. Um, I, I laugh because it's true. Uh, I mean, the death of humanity is really not in for me right now because of the midterms. Gotta laugh. I, it's just ridiculous. And like I said earlier in our conversation, I would rather see people stand in line waiting for the iPhone while the asteroid is literally crashing into Earth. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's where we are. We're constantly taking blue pills, right? We're not just happy. We have to have the newest, best thing and don't really care about everything else. Uh, other than that, the reason I'm giving it a small 
It's not because of the themes. I'm giving it a small because of the direction. I'm giving it a small because of the acting. Um, I, I did not feel myself caring about any of the characters, and I knew it. Like I said at the beginning of the, movie, at the, beginning of the review, I said, Gina, the asteroid's going to hit the Earth no matter what. So why should I care about these characters? Because they're all going to fucking die. And she goes, are, are you sure? I was like, it's Adam McKay. You're not going to make this movie with the asteroid not hitting Earth. Uh, it's, it's obvious to me. It's a, so, yeah, it's a easy for you. Yeah. Right. It's like, it's like, you know, I, I don't know what to compare it to, but it'd be like watching a movie that's based on a true story where you know that the main person dies at the end in a horrible car accident because it's a real story, you know? And it's like, okay, you know, so yeah. it's like, get over with. So, right. So I'm going to take that as you telling me to get it over with and I'm going to say, that it's a small <laughs> just because of the acting and just because of the direction. I am not a fan of it, uh, but I do like the commentary. So medium for you, a small for me. I could clearly finish the small without throwing anything away. It was junk food at this point. I probably shouldn't even give it a popcorn. Just get some M&Ms or some snow caps. There you go. You I could finish that. You know, like, that's, yeah. I could do some peanut M&Ms for this movie. Right. I so want to. I did it once. Go right, to the theater. We're getting college, into a weird, right? a weird scale now. No, no, we. Yeah. I, 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 I so want to do it again. I just don't have the guts to. But I want to do what I did in college. with the show with this because I saw Homer doing The Simpsons and it worked. Where I asked for milk duds and then opened the box and put butter into the box. You're gross. That's gross. It was amazing and it was absolutely horrible. But Homer Simpson did it, so I wanted to do it. There we go. We'll leave it at that. Leave it. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been an interesting year so far. We're only a few episodes into this year, but we're happy to continue to bring it for you. We got a lot of great episodes coming your way, including the continuation of our Year of Love retrospective series for the year. It's going to be an interesting retrospective series. If you don't know, one episode a month where we come out with Sarah talking about one of the movies that we have for our Year of Love. So always be on the lookout for that. And if you guys don't know yet, but on New Year's Day, we released a, a sneaky episode, an exclusive, if you will, of Squid Games. We reviewed the whole first season of Squid Games. If you're curious about that show, if you haven't seen the show, or if you want to know more about the show, go check out the Squid Games episode. Really fun. And we released it on New Year's Day. But thank you so much for downloading us. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to us. Really appreciate it. Check us out on social media or wherever you get your podcast from. We are on. And like always, Eric, thank you so much for joining me, and we will be back next week for another awesome episode. Have a good night.